It's showtime. Let's go. With a Matt Lyon show. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. All right. Back with you. Let's get into these text messages today on the Country Pleasing text line here on this Reaction Monday. More Bully says he's heading to the beach today. Celebrated Thanksgiving yesterday with his mom. Uh, he says, my bride made a chicken pot pie. We had dressing from our favorite local restaurant. Saturday had that three cheese country pleasing with beef, cabbage, and black-eyed peas with squash. Chow chow. Bada-bing, he says. Softly scrambled. Goodness, more bully, that sounds good. I actually busted into some pepper jack and green onion country pleasing sausage this morning. And I immediately thought to myself, you know what? If I got this every week, this would be my favorite. <laughs> it's really good. Smells great, too, when you're cooking it. Jason out in Flagstaff, Arizona, Texas show, and he says, Just glad State ain't scared to play Southern Miss, unlike some folks. <laughs> what are you talking about, Jason? Tell us how you really feel. 86 Dog texts the show, and he said, um, the designed lateral plays seem to work for us. Hope to see more. <laughs> was that what it was? What it, it was a designed lateral <laughs> on the jet play? Humphreys County Dog sent me a picture. Hey, man, look at this deer his man killed. Look at that. All right. And so I'm, I don't have the best eyesight here. I'm, I'm looking from a distance. I'm trying to count them out. One, two, three, four, five, six. Twelve point. Are you holding a 12-point monster in that picture? Or is there one that's broken there? Anyhow, Humphreys County Dog, he says he's listening all the way in Oklahoma today. Locals at the deer camp have been converted to state fans. He says let's win a state championship this week. Signed, Hale State. Look at there, Humphreys County Dog doing the Lord's work out in Oklahoma. Boomer Sooner country, converting folks. Man, that is a nice deer. Tell you what, it's that time of year. It's the most wonderful time of year. Um, somebody texted in and says, got to give a shout-out to Coach Todd Cooley and Delta State football, advancing to the second round of the D2 football playoffs. And our texter hopes that Patrick Chagog wins the Connerly Trophy, says that he has earned it. Don texts the show, says, My first Egg Bowl, 1970. The Dogs won in Oxford, led by Joe Reed, the quarterback. Said Archie missed that game with an injury, signed Hale State. Now, Don, help me out here. Was Joe Reed the guy who went and played quarterback for the 49ers, I think it was, and then he made an album, like a music album, he and the 49ers cheerleaders? He was singing, and the cheerleaders were singing back up. Isn't that right? I think that was Joe Reed, wasn't it? <clears throat> Look that one up. Rhett Cetera is angry because he thinks I'm going to talk this into existence. He said a rainy egg bowl, and then he sent me that gift of the guy from Talladega Nights, a big guy saying, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying it might help State's chances if they play in a mud bowl. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. 
Grumpy texts the show, says, Matt, answer to Jimmy's question. MSU receivers don't drop Will's passes. Yeah, there was one, there's a few drops that would have, you know, would have made a difference. But there was a lot of other times, too, where, you know, guys are covered. You had a couple of times where, like, there was one play on the goal line where Will is trying to hit Tulu on a crossing route at the goal line from 10, 12 yards out. He throws the ball in that open space where he's going, and then another receiver, they bang, they run into each other. Two guys, same place, bam, knock each other off the route, ball goes incomplete. It's just we, we are 11 games, 12 weeks and 11 games in, and you, you had to spend time where you had your quarterback, then you didn't have him, now you got him back. He's missed practice time, all these different things that, that are factors, that are contributing factors into having a passing game that is not ironed out in the details. There it is. And the reason that you and I can sit there and we talk about it and see those things, it's not because we woke up today more of an expert <laughs> than we were at this time last year. It's just that, frankly, when you spend time watching a Mike Leach air raid passing game for three years, no, it doesn't go out and score 50 points a game, but there's this sort of unique precision because they don't have this big, huge call sheet. They're running a small version of things, different formations, and so there's precision, man. And you get used to seeing it over a period of time. And then when you don't see it, you can appreciate when you did see it. Uh, now, somebody says here, Matt, is there a site that can be accessed to see how much the players are being paid? Not that I'm aware of. And see, and that goes back to the idea that some say, well, that you know, what a player is making in NIL money should be public information. Others going, well, no, it doesn't have to be. But I don't think there's anything out there that will show you that stuff. we got another text here on the subject. It says, I'm a third-generation Bulldog graduate, bleed maroon and white, and no disrespect to Mr. Gene. That's who called earlier. So, said, but me as a working man raising a family, what is my return on investment for writing a check for $1,000 to an NIL fund? <laughs> yeah. It's a hairy thing. And, you know, look. We are at a point where it's sort of an is-what-it-is deal. Um, and, and I recognize what you're texting about very, very clearly. And that is the, that is the, un, the unbalanced nature of the era of college athletics that we're living in, where paying the players is necessary, and therefore the money, gathering up the money, calling NIL money to pay them is necessary. The coaches, the programs have no choice. But if you're looking for some fault in it, the fault is the overall structure, whether it be the individual leaders like at the NCAA and conference and president level or whatever, letting things get to a point where you now have a business model that does not use the money it makes for the expenditures to run the business. Does that make sense? So... On, a, on the most basic level, what I would say is that's why I think there will be other changes that will come. You've got these other court cases that are out there, and right now everybody's just kind of in wait and see because all that's got to happen is one or two of those court cases, House versus the NCAA, for example, and everything's going to change again. So, But, again, if I, that's my problem. It's not with individuals who are doing what they have to do. They love their school. 
individuals who decide they will or won't. You know, some will. Gene will. You just say that you won't give. You know, it's, I, who am I to say? Everybody's kind of on their own on this. You make your own decisions. But that's my thing is I can't figure out. I can't actually even think of another business. If you can think of another business, send it to me and let me know. I honestly would enjoy learning about it. A business, a successful business model where the money the business generates is not used for that business's expenditures to run the, that business. See, <laughs> don't make any sense. Uh, Aquatic, Wave, Aquatic Waves Texas show says, I think it's MSU best interest to go find their version of old Mrs. Hugh Freeze. When hired, most fans were ticked because it wasn't a sexy hire. But in the long run, it was a great hire, minus all the NCAA stuff. You find those really good coaches that are diamonds in the rough with Mississippi ties. It's beneficial to keeping them long-term because you have uh, then their first big opportunity. And I think there's probably some truth in that. Thank you. Uh, I think there's some truth in that. That, you know, that would be how you're looking at it. it. He's going back to what I said earlier. If you're in the shoes of the AD, which path are you going down? Are you, are you more willing to – like, for example, like when they – Dan Mullen wound up staying for nine seasons, but it's not because he didn't try to get out of there before that. That's just the truth of it. <laughs> but when they first went and got him, because of where things were on the field in those years of Sylvester Croom and everything ahead of that, I think Greg Byrne was looking at that job at that time. Of, we got to find somebody who's going to get his first head coaching job who wants to do this for a living – so he cannot fail here. He may come here. He may only be here three years, but he's going to set the woods on fire, getting this thing going for two or three years, and we can figure it out after that. That's what's best for the program now. And they went and hired Mullen. Next thing you know, he's there nine years. Or do you take the path of you need to identify someone who's not going to approach the job like a stepping stone job? Is that what's best for it? So if you're in those shoes, what would you go for? And there it, you know, is one perspective on it from, from Aquatic Waves. That's the name of the texture on the text line. Somebody said, I thought State beat Northwestern. They did. Um, State beat Northwestern yesterday. We're talking about Jackson State beat Missouri at Missouri by one point. Jackson State's first basketball win of the year. Uh, Rebel Rex texts the show. Says, last year we were on a short week. Leach had passed. Rex, let me, I'm trying. I'm going to sift. There's a typo in here. Let me see if I can sift through this. The Kiffin to Auburn rumors were rampant. Last year we lost in Oxford. Sorry, but this year, 48-13 Rebels is his prediction. It says offense will go 100 miles an hour. <laughs> they probably will. I'm Hey, 48-13. Rex, what I'm telling you is... If Ole Miss's offense is just who it has been every week and State goes out and doesn't play really well, that's the kind of score you're looking at. That's how up against it I think this State team is and how, how much better they're going to have to play this week than any of the previous weeks. And if they go out there and play well enough, give themselves a, a chance in the fourth quarter, I mean, that's, that's, that's going to be a – that's going to kind of be a victory in and of itself right there. I really believe that. Hour two coming up. Stick around. Good to go with more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. 
All right. Here we go. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team. I'm Matt. Beaver is here. All y'all are here. A bunch of text messages to get to here on this Reaction Monday. Just kind of getting hour two started. Uh, lots of comments on the Murray West Live thread. Playing catch up over there. I'm coming to you. YouTube, Facebook. All y'all coming to your comments. Coming up right after this. Thank goodness we're staying connected to you because of Seaspire, the number one network in Mississippi. Seaspire, customer inspired. I'll let you hear what it sounded like on the radio. Also, uh, Neil Price on the call the other day. Some of those plays in the win for Mississippi State over Southern Miss. Final score was 41 to 20 state winning. Did y'all realize that a combined 31 points were scored in the fourth quarter of that game? That's another thing that sort of escaped me. Uh, you know, I'm looking at all these finite details <laughs> during the course of the game and play for play. We're doing the radio. Afterwards, I, 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 Bart was with basketball, so I jumped in a golf cart, zipped up to the restaurant, and did the postgame show with Charlie. And so that might have maybe interrupted reading all the final stats and looking at it. I just looked up today and realized, you know, you had a 23-7 to game going into the fourth quarter. It was 23-7, to State was up in the fourth quarter, going into the fourth quarter. And the final score was 41-20. to You had a combined 31 points. Uh, State scored 18 points in the fourth quarter. Of course, Southern Miss had 13. They had the, they had the touchdown, catch, broken tackle, and run on a fourth down play, and then a missed two-point conversion. And then they had the kickoff return for touchdown, you know. So not only did you have 31 points in the fourth quarter of the game, but you had two non-offensive touchdowns, a kickoff return for them and an interception return for State. So it was a wild fourth quarter the other night. It really was. Yeah, and uh, New Mexico State goes in there and beats Auburn. How about that, huh? And let me tell you, didn't just beat them just like bullied them up and down the field and owned them. I'm not sure Auburn ever got to a point where it looked like they had a chance to win that game at home against New Mexico State. And That was at New Mexico State's ninth win of the year or something, something crazy like that. Eighth win, ninth win. Jerry Kill and those guys out there. It's, you love seeing that stuff. I do. I, if I don't have a dog in the hunt, I, I generally find myself – Rooting for who is, whoever isn't supposed to win. I, you got a front runner, like that. That describes someone who they always want to jump on a bandwagon. Like whoever's got something going good, it's like your buddy who has no reason whatsoever. But like a few years ago or in high school, he decided he was a Duke basketball fan. You know, what I mean, <laughs> you got your front runners. Whatever that is, I'm the opposite of it. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't even. And I love seeing New Mexico State go in there and win. Yeah, basketball one, we talked about that. So let's get in here. We'll start on the Murray West live thread. Go to murraywest.com, contract embroidery company here in Mississippi. And listen, I'm telling you again, I don't care who you are, or like where you are in Mississippi. If you have an embroidery order, custom apparel, whatever, putting the logo on stuff for your team, your church, your brand, your business, 
Go to Murray West. It's a Mississippi company, family-owned. They do it right. They do it the best. You're going to be happy with the people you're doing business with. Check them out online at murraywest.com, M-U-R-R-Y, west.com. Jimmy says on YouTube, you got to get the coach that you feel best about, and you can't let the fear of the coach leaving you hinder the decision. The ambitious coach might end up loving Mississippi State. That's right. I, I, I think there's a lot of truth in that, Jimmy. I think there's a lot of truth in that. Legba texts and says, can we stop Judkins? Will we spy Dart? Can we get turnovers? Can we complete passes? If all of those are yes, we have a chance. Well, you know, that's one thing I want to point out. So, up until the last couple of ball games, and I talked about it here on the show, State's defense had such a hard time not just stopping people, not just keeping them out off scoreboard. They were having a hard time just forcing incompletions. Like every week, we talked about it here, all of that stuff. I had, you know, at one point, State was giving up on the season, on average, 72% completions to opposing quarterbacks. And this was deep into the year, which is just an unheard of number where every quarterback you play is able to just go in there and go, not enough pressure, guys open. And that has started to go down. Now, you had what, Kentucky, but you had AM, and AM's playing a third string guy. Um, but they've begun to force incompletes. Now, this was Southern Miss. They were beating up their offensive line a little bit. Southern Miss played two quarterbacks and started a guy who started the year like in third string. But on the day, the other guys complete 52%. So, to me, that's a huge part of this. Before you get to the whole deal of like, can you stop Judkins? State's you know run defense did a nice job against them last year. Of course, a different kind of defense. But if to me it's Jackson Dart, like he's the deal for them. If Dart has the kind of game he's capable of having, we've seen all year long good quarterbacks have gone in there and kind of just stood in there and easily completed 75, 77, 80. 88, 90% of their throws against State's defense. I know that some of those were earlier in the year. But that's the kind of quarterback he is. And so unless you really can figure out a way to disrupt him, that's where it starts with me, is him. Um, so there, there's, I think, tremendous pressure in this game on State's defensive front. And then how you're calling and using those two linebackers in that front seven approach trying to disrupt their offense. But but Ole Miss's offense with that quarterback, they are capable of, you know this, against State's defense, they are capable of just kind of slap going off. And you got to try to figure out a way to not do That's why you're asking me those questions. Keith on Facebook said, why doesn't Ole Miss play Southern Miss anymore? Uh, it's good for the state. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that the, the answer – is something along the lines of it doesn't benefit Ole Miss to play them. By beating them, you don't gain anything. But by giving them a chance to beat you, they gain a lot and all this. But to me, I think it's time to throw that stuff out the window. It's, not, it, it's almost like, I would say, it's almost like decision makers at Ole Miss still living in about 1985 still. And that's not the era we're in anymore. 
you know, the haves in football have separated farther from the have-nots than you have ever seen before. Ole Miss doesn't have any reason not to schedule Southern Miss instead of writing checks to Louisiana Monroe. I mean, are you kidding me? Write it to Southern Miss. <laughs> instead of writing checks to whoever else, you know, play Alcorn, play Jackson State. It's time to do that. That's just my opinion on it. I'm sure they've got the reasoning, but uh, that's just what I think about it. In fact, the Jason and Flagstaff, <laughs> he may have said it better than I could earlier on the uh, Country Pleasing text line. He says, at least we ain't scared to play Southern Miss like some folks. Speaking of, the aforementioned Jason in Arizona is on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Jason, thanks for calling. What's up? Nothing much. That's exactly why I called to explain. Okay. It was because it was going around on the on the jitter um, <laughs> over the weekend with Ole Miss folks, you know, bending over backwards to explain why they were not interested in playing Southern. And I called baloney. They're scared. They've been scared for 40 years, and they'll be scared tomorrow. So I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the call. <laughs> See, his answer is a whole lot uh, simpler and more succinct. They simply are terrified of losing that game. <laughs> is what Jason says. They're just scared of losing it. <laughs> uh, why would you? That's Jason's reasoning on that. Uh, now this is an interesting thought looking at this year's Egg Bowl on the YouTube Murray West live thread Legba says Ole Miss will not lay down and quit like they did at the end of last season you know you know whether it was laying down and quitting I don't know Legba but you're there there's definitely a difference wasn't there last year's Ole Miss team down the stretch Versus at least the way this one has looked, you know, down the stretch. I know they're coming off. They just got absolutely throttled by Georgia, you know, but that's at Athens. And frankly, I, you know, as a state guy, I kind of know what that feels like. We recently had state, I uh, think it was a Mullen team in, oh, 17, maybe 2017, I think it was. It was a really good football team. There's a lot of good players on it that won some games that year that went into Georgia and just got dismantled and run out of there. You know, we've seen that stuff happen before, but I think, um, I mean, I think this is one that, yeah, I mean, they're a better team. They're a highly ranked team. Okay. And have been all year, but to say that Ole Miss hadn't had this one sort of circled after last year, I would think would be an understatement. Especially wanting to kind of, you know, finish things out on a, on a on a good note, right? You think about the difference of the way the season finish will feel for them if they, you know, win this game handily and then going into whatever postseason assignment versus losing it, because then they would be finishing the regular season with a blowout loss at Georgia, a measly little home win over <laughs> Louisiana Monroe, right? And then a loss in the Egg Bowl. You think about that finish looks very different than if they go in there and win this game. And then you're talking about Kiffin winning three out of his first four Egg Bowls that he coaches in. Right? Because he won, am I right? Yeah, 20, 
21, and then State won last year. Right. All right, country please and text line. Tony Texas Show says, Matt, no way should any wide receiver drop balls with those tacky gloves. <laughs> those should be illegal anyway. Uh, Tim Texas Show says, Matt, what do you think about the Troy coach? He might be the best deal of the group looking at his stats. Well, and Tim, I don't know that much about him. Um, you know, I, I have a whole lot of respect for Sunbelt football. I really like it. It's just I don't know how to explain it. I just like it. I just like Sunbelt football. You know, they're way more competitive than they get credit for. You look at every year they got a team like an App State or this year like a South Alabama who, frankly, you would not want to play them um, unless you had to. <laughs> you wouldn't be looking forward to it anyway. Um, and it's just maybe it's the regionality of it. We're talking, you know, Mobile and, you know, Troy and Hattiesburg and places like that, and Bowling Green and some of this other stuff. So I really like it, have a lot of respect for it. But I've not seen Troy play one snap of football this year. And this is me, Tim. I know that you have to look at it how you want to, and other fans do. For me, I just almost don't care what the stats say. I've, I've lived long enough to see that it doesn't always translate. It's a total toss-up on whether it's going to translate or not. I think that's one of the things for me made it so much fun following the Mike Leach thing. I was a big Mike Leach and a big Air Raid fan before he ever even thought about Mississippi State. And then when he came, it translated. It began to translate. Like, I would have loved to see how it was going to translate this year. We didn't get to see that. But so often it doesn't. You just see it all over the place. I've referenced it before, these, these other examples of like a Scott Frost going to his alma mater of Nebraska. Like, to me, there's never been more of a sure thing. Every single solitary metric you could point to, in, including statistically, said this is 100% a success before it even happens. And then, <laughs> Moorhead. When, when they hired Moorhead away from Penn State to come in there, every single media outlet in America that covered college football said it was an automatic home run. It's a home run. Every one of them. There was not one single solitary report that spoke negatively of State hiring Joe Moorhead for that job. And for two solid years, they just about couldn't offense their way out of a wet sack. And two years later, they're having a coaching search. So I'm not poo-pooing coaching searches. <laughs> I know they're fun. We want to know who it is. Who should you get? I've been asked about it. I'm happy to talk about it. But I, I, for one, like, I don't care if he's coaching at Troy or Liberty or Oklahoma or if it's, you know, people mentioned Malzahn at UCF. You don't know. Nobody else does either. People, that, you know, that will get in your face and talk to you with great 100% certainty. Let me just give you some real on this. Okay, see, I, I don't even have to be specific, and I can be as right or more right than a lot of other people on this subject. People put a list in front of your face, 
right, here are the, here's the so-and-so list of candidates for the state job. And they list them out and give you a nice little graphic on Twitter. Guess what? About half of those ain't even on the list. The list. <laughs> Promise you. So, okay, is he a good coach? I guarantee you he is. He has a success at Troy. He knows what he's doing. But, you know, is it a fit? I don't know. I know this. If it's me, if it's me, you have to be able to throw the ball well. If you're not able to throw the ball well, it's almost hard to describe how good you better be running the ball. You better be able to coach it and throw the ball against everybody you play. All right. Over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone line. Thibodeau on line one. What's up, Thibodeau? Hey, man. So, in talking about the, the game between Mississippi State and Southern Miss or Ole Miss and Southern Miss, yeah, uh, what you said about how there's no benefit to playing that game, that's the excuse that's used, and it's not just Ole Miss people. I know a lot of state people that are aggravated when that game's on the schedule for that reason. And I, I, I'm like you. I think it's a dumb reason because if you look at Southern Miss that way, then you need to look at Troy – Bowling Green, App State, and Tulane that way too, and stop playing them. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, if, if you're if you're looking at your non-conference, then pay your play your Power Five, and then go play a junior college team or something. Like if you're that scared of them, then you need to be scared of the rest of them too. Um, but I'm with you. If if you're going to have a check writing game, write that check to Hattiesburg. 100%. Write that check to Jackson State. Write it to another HBCU. You know. Uh, that's a fun game because I got a bunch of Southern Miss fans. I've got some Southern Miss people in my family. So we go to the games together and have a great time. So, I mean, you know, it's just another fun thing to do within the state. So I just, I think the excuse of there's no benefit either way, mm-hmm. it doesn't fly with me because, like I said, if you're going to apply that to Southern Miss, you got to apply it to a whole bunch of other things, too, that you're already playing. It's a great point, and I totally agree with you. Thibodeau. That's why I described it earlier as, you know, the whole, well, we don't we don't gain anything if we beat them and they gain everything if they beat us and we'd have nothing to gain by playing. It's such a nineteen eighty five outlook on the whole thing. It's like it couldn't be less of a modern approach because just like you said, well, if that's your if that's your deal, then don't play Louisiana Monroe. Because I promise you Louisiana Monroe is after just trying to recruit just as many athletes out of Mississippi as Southern Miss is. South Alabama is trying to have as just as an efficient recruiting footprint in Mississippi, South Mississippi, as Southern Miss is. I mean, there's no different in what the effect is if you go lose the game. I, it's a pale excuse is what it is. And it's um, it just Thibodeau – it points to a difference in the identity that the universities have when they look at themselves in the mirror. And, you know, for what that's worth. 
Um, and right now, um, you know, an Ole Miss fan definitely has some ammo there because they look in the mirror and they say, we are a top 10, top 15 type of program. You know, we lost to Alabama and, and Georgia this year, but we're a top 10 type of program. Uh, we got Lane Kiffin, we're recruiting well, we're, you know, and all those things. Um, kind of got the upper hand in the state right now, and they do. They do have some of those things. But that's not a 10-year uh, version of who they are because within every decade it goes up and down, and it will, and it will continue, and it always has. Um, and with the current atmosphere in college athletics the way it is, which is we have never lived in a time when the gap between the old misses and the Southern misses was greater. And Mississippi State's in that. I mean, for Pete's sake, Thibodeau, we're looking at a Mississippi. This is one of the worst Mississippi State teams, frankly, that we've seen in quite a few years at State. With a quarterback that's just coming back off of injury, and you go put up 41 points on them. You know, the gap's big. There's no reason for Ole Miss not to, instead of writing checks and, you know, paying Louisiana Monroe for Pete's sake, play Southern Miss. It just didn't make any sense. Thanks, Thibodeau. Appreciate the call. I think some of it, too, is a little bit of copying. You know, they'll look at Alabama and go, yeah, well, Alabama doesn't play Troy. Well, you, you, if you look closely, though, you'd be surprised who the Alabama and the Auburns have started to schedule over the last few years opposed to what they used to do. So maybe they will. I do think, you know, in the future, if they get a Southern Miss, an Ole Miss game on the schedule, I think it'd be great. People would like it. All right. Rolling along. Stick around. Do you crave your sports? It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. Back with you, I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Uh, Let's see here. Somebody said... On the Murray West live thread, TSUN is scared to play Southern Miss because they might lose. Says I think they would lose. They were only up seven to three at halftime on Louisiana Monroe. Um, JS two ninety said, "Does Florida, Florida State, Miami all play each other?" I think they do, right? I think they play each other all the time. He also commented. He said, "I'm glad Mike Wright is our." Number two quarterback, we probably beat Auburn and A&M with Rodgers. You know, and the way that uh, they rotated the quarterbacks against Southern Miss with Will Rodgers healthy is he's your every-down guy, but then you had situationally when Mike Wright would rotate into the game and do certain things, and it really worked well the other day. Um, And you could see that that's kind of what they started the season with, kind of the same things they started the season with. Uh, Country pleasing text line. Unnamed texter says, we need to run that New Mexico State offense Thursday night where our offense has multiple 12-minute drives. Really? 12 minutes. Not 12 plays, 12 minutes. I'm going to look. I'm gonna see if I can look up their game. I don't know if uh, I've got it handy here in Mexico State. 31 to 10, by the way. <laughs> I mean – New Mexico State beat them 31 to 10. So New Mexico State 
won the time of possession in that game, 38 minutes to 21. So they possessed the ball for over 17 minutes more in the game than Auburn did. Outgained Auburn by 200 yards, 414 to 213. And so when you look at the possessions for New Mexico State, Well, they didn't have any 12-minute drives, according to this thing, but they had some long ones. They had a five, an 11-play, 75-yard, five-and-a-half-minute touchdown drive. They had an 11-play, 53-yard, six-minute field goal drive. A 10-play, 80-yard touchdown drive, five-and-a-half minutes. They had a 16-play, 83-yard touchdown drive. They held the ball for nine minutes and 58 seconds. And that was in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I mean, how about that? You're trying to come back from behind at home, your Auburn, in the fourth quarter. And they went. And at that time, what was the score? 17-7. to It's a 17-7 game in the fourth quarter. They get the ball, go on a 10-minute drive, run 16 plays, 83 yards. I mean, that's just demoralizing right there. All right, listen, I promised this earlier, and here it is. I got time to do it. We're going to run out of time if I'm not careful. Uh, you had two players of the week for State. You had uh, Kyle Ferry, the freshman kicker, is a freshman of the week in the SEC. And then Buki Watson, the linebacker, defensive player of the week, had 21 tackles and a sack and all that kind of stuff. Here's sort of extended version of the highlights on the radio, Mississippi State. Versus Southern Miss. Neil Price on the call from Learfield. Kicking toward the south end of the stadium. The open end. Good snap back. Hold is down. The kick is on its way. And this one is good. Kyle Ferry connects to get Mississippi State on the board. Play action. Excuse me. It's Gore. He's hit. Crawford is hit. Demonte Russell will sling him down back at the 17-yard line. State's first sack of the game with 3.49 to play in the first. Davis the running back in the gun with Rodgers. Rodgers fakes a handoff, throws it to Griffin, gets a block from Thomas, gets to the corner of the end zone, and he scores. Touchdown to Lou Griffin. Takes a snap. Crawford hit by Watson. Ball is loose in the backfield. There's a scramble for it back near the 12. State says they've got it, and they do. Nathan Pickering Rolling on the field. from Mount Olive, Mississippi, recovers the fumble. Buki Watson caused it with a big lick on the quarterback. State's going to get it at the 17. Nope, they're going to give it to him at the 14-yard line. Barry to attempt a field goal, 29 yards. Snap is back, hold is down, the kick is away. And this one is good for Kyle Ferry, who is now two for two on the day. Barry lining it up to Matt's point. Southern Miss can take a timeout if they want. Ammon to snap it back. It's back. Osteen gets it down. Here's the kick. It's got a hustle, and this one is good. I mean, it barely snuck in that yep. left crossbar there. So Kyle Ferry makes his third. Three receivers in the pattern. Two of them are right. Tight end is left. Crawford, play action out of the shotgun. Pocket collapses. He sprints off to his left. He's hit, and he's going to be sacked. Jack Johnson got him back at the 11-yard line. Rodgers under center, takes a snap, throws it out of the flat to Marks, to the 10, to the 5, catches a block, tight roping the sideline. 
and he's in. Touchdown, Mississippi State. 30-yard field goal attempt for Ferry, kicking toward the closed end. The north end comes off the left hash. Snap is back, hold is down. The kick is away from the left footer, and this one is home. Kyle Ferry is four for four today on field goal attempts, and he makes it a 13-point lead for the Bulldogs with 8.05 to go in the game. At the line and ready to go. They'll hand it to Pittman again into the open field. 45, 50, foot race, 40, 30, 20. They're not going to catch him. Jeffrey Pittman takes it to the house. A 59-yard touchdown run, and it's 32 to 20. Casting the single receiver right. Mims is slot left, one of two receivers on that side. Out of the shotgun on first and ten. Wiles takes the snap. Here comes Watson. Gets tripped up. He throws. Intercepted. Johnson at the 30. Pitches it back to Xavion Thomas. 45-50. Xavion down the sideline. Xavion Banks. Banks, excuse me. Banks is going to take it all the way. Touchdown, Marcus Banks. Johnson intercepted it. Found a faster guy. And State was off to the races. you got to be kidding me, Jet Johnson. Are you serious? Mike's going to have to snap it one more time. He does. He takes a knee. And that'll do it. Mississippi State comes back to Starkville. Bulldogs win their first game since that 7-3 triumph over Arkansas back on October the 21st as they defeat the Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles today here at Davis Wade Stadium. Greg Knox walks over to shake the hand of Will Hall. To meet at midfield, and players from both sides shaking hands. Trust me, there are a bunch of them down there who know one another, played a lot of football against each other. Some played football with one another, either in junior college or high school here. As the clock hits zeros, you can wrap this one in maroon and white. That was uh, calls from Learfield. That's Neil Price, uh, Mitch. On the Murray West live thread, he's on Facebook, and he says, uh, we may make unwise coaching hires at times, but Neil Price has to be one of our best hires. Yeah, and I, I would absolutely uh, agree with that. Hey, and somebody has been bringing up the uh, interlocking uniforms. Uh, I forget who asked earlier on the Murray West live thread. I don't know. I haven't gotten any indication whether they will or won't. I do know early, early in the year when we were hearing that they were going to wear the interlocking 98 version uniforms and, and the logo that I have on the helmet here in the studio uh, for the the reunion game against Kentucky, which they did. And we said, eh, we heard, there's a few people said, eh, it might be a chance that we'll see how things go. We might break them back out later, you know, another time, not real sure. So, you know, I, I'd be fine with that if they wanted to do that. I guess it depends on how superstitious they are, right? Because the night they wore them, they didn't play very well. <laughs> All right, over to the country pleasing text line. Earl in Madison says, okay, Matt, you brought up the state women's basketball team the other day. Be sure to at least mention the Ole Miss women. They just polished off previously unbeaten Michigan 60-49 to to win the tournament in the Bahamas. How about that? 11-point win over an unbeaten Michigan team. And they're really good. And Coach Yo and the Ole Miss women, she really seems like somebody would be easy to follow and easy to pull for. Like a heck of a coach, but a really neat person as well. So congrats to the Ole Miss women. Thanks, Earl, for the text. David and Brandon text the show. Says, maybe I'm missing something. Didn't State write a check to, like, Western Michigan? Oh, yeah, sure. Sure they did. 
But you can't play Southern Miss four times in a year. And you can only have one FCS. And you're right. I'm with you. Like I'll tell you, David State opened the season this year against uh, Southeastern Louisiana. That's an FCS team. And actually been a very good one for you know playoff team and all that kind of stuff. But still, in terms of your record, it's still just going down as that's your one FCS opponent. Play Jackson State instead. I'm telling you, I'm not. I'm not even. This is not for making a statement for effect. Don't schedule Southeastern Louisiana, an FCS team. Open the season every year with Jackson State. Play them every year. Write them a check every year. Get the sonic boom in your stadium every year if they're willing to do it. Every year. Play Southern Miss every year. Don't do it once every two or three years. This was a two-for-one this recent time. David, the point is, okay, the point is State has played Southern Miss this year, played them in either 19 or 18, played them in 15 and 14. In 2015, opened the season in Hattiesburg. Has played Jackson State at home. Has hosted Alcorn, Alcorn State at home more than once here in the last ten years or so. I mean, the point. I mean, the point is, like, do it once, just once. That's all we're saying. Do it once. <laughs> I mean, get them on a schedule every now and then. Start rotating it in there. It's good for everybody. You got nothing to worry about. You know, in 1985, it might not have made sense. Hey, there were a lot of things that didn't make sense in 1985, David, right? Stick around.